Hey folks, this is Philip with the Everyday Fighter podcast. I want to welcome you to this episode with Jeff Ronning. Now, uh, Jeff is a uh, friend in business. Um, I've been a client of his for quite a long time. But one of the things that um, he is passionate about is boxing. And I never knew this about him, actually, until I started seeing some stuff on his um, on his Facebook feed as far as uh, tournaments he started being a part of, etc. And um, it really got me intrigued about the um, kind of older... Uh, boxing league um, in in the United States, and it's called the uh, the Masters uh, uh, Boxing um, say League or, or group uh, program. But in any case, um, that was something that really uh, got my attention, and I wanted to learn more about it. But um, Jeff here, he, he talks about his uh, experience and how he got into boxing. Um, some of the challenges that came into his life uh, as a result uh, of which got him some of the health challenges that he had that actually got him looking into boxing and then just just going from there. But um, really, really uh, interesting. I, I enjoyed having this conversation with him uh, about it, and I hope you get uh, quite a bit out of it as well, particularly if you are an older person that is looking to get into boxing what are the challenges that he went through in terms of you know going to a gym and actually getting into sparring and then even going from there so i hope it's helpful to you Uh, before we get into the podcast though i wanted to get to our episode spotlight Um, just as a reminder these folks that i talk about on the uh, spotlights they don't know that I'm doing this. This is not a sponsored kind of a thing. It's just that I've run into them, you know, in one way or another. And I think that, you know, they might not get as much attention as I believe they really should uh, in terms of some of the stuff that they're doing, maybe the products or the uh, services that they're offering. And I just wanted to kind of give them uh, a little bit uh, more attention. And this spotlight goes to the Cave of Agilum Transformational Training Academy. Now, this is an organization by a gentleman. Um, his name is Jason Wilson, and he is a martial artist, but he runs a program that specifically, not uh, not only for boys uh, to learn martial arts, but really getting them into a place where they understand what it's like to be a man. Now, it may be such that they do have fathers that are present in their lives. There may be uh, situations where these uh, these uh, boys don't. And um, he takes it upon himself in his program not only to teach them um, about martial arts and what that really um, helps out with emotionally and physically and, and mentally, but he makes a point to relate a lot of that to becoming a man and uh, growing up for these boys but also for the men in their lives. Um, the way I was introduced to them was I saw this video on, I believe it was Facebook that was shared, where it um, it showed kind of a, a promotion, like a, one of the, the boys was uh, going for a, a promotion in belt. And one of the processes with that was that he would get men that were involved in the the boy's life to do push-ups and the boy would be on you know each man's back and they'd have to do as many as they could so that really struck a chord with me and he, uh, ever since then I have seen other videos of his where you know they've kind of gone viral and 
you know, kind of showing the things that, that he is teaching. So I, I really uh, encourage you to check them out. You can find them on their website at the C-A-T-T-A.org, the CATA.org. Of course, it stands for the Cave of Agilum Transformation Training, uh, Transformational Training Academy. Uh, of course, I'll leave a, a link in the show notes as well, but that is our spotlight for today. And with that, let's get into our interview with Jeff Ronning. north of Seattle, Washington, in a little town called Mount Lake Terrace. Um, and uh, I, uh, I fell in love with the sport of boxing when I was a teenager. And uh, uh, never, ever in, in my life did I ever consider competing in boxing or taking it up because I didn't, I wasn't an athlete guy. Like, um, what I did is, um, essentially, um, you know, uh, focused on my business and, uh, essentially, um, ate and abused my body up until I was, uh, 40 years old. Okay. And, uh, at 40, I was diagnosed with type two diabetes and, uh, uh, you know, it was like, uh, it was kind of a, a mind blower, um, and the doctor said, well, you know, you got to start doing exercise. And I couldn't, um, there wasn't an exercise, like I'm not the sort of guy, like, you know, I need, I can't do, um, um, I can't do like um, uh, brainless kind of exercise. Like I can't, you know, like if you said, oh, Jeff, go jog 10 miles, you know, that'd be very hard for me because there's just not there's not that stimulation, you know, like, um, so at anyhow, um, at 40 years old, I was diagnosed with type two diabetes. The doctor said, you got to do some exercise. And, and I thought, well, shit, the only sport I've ever loved, you know, I don't follow baseball. I don't follow soccer. I don't follow football. I don't watch any other sport is boxing. And I thought, well, geez, you know, maybe I should go find a gym. So, um, 40 years old, I started boxing and, uh, absolutely loved it. I was amazed at how difficult it was. Hmm. I mean, I always respected all the boxers, but I had no idea like the absolute amount of, 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 of time, even just to throw a straight punch, mm. you know, is like very, that, that takes a long time. I mean, you know, you don't just go throw a straight punch in a week or two, right? Like it takes forever. And that's why you see, we were talking about, um, you know, other people and other, in other aspects of combat sports like MMA. I mean, you know, most of the punches and I'm not putting them down in any way, but, you know, most of the punches, you know, are, are wide and looping. And um, so anyhow, um, at the first gym I went to, I, I've always been a guy that um, needed goals. Like I need to work towards something. At the first gym I went to, I asked my trainer, well, you know, are there competitions I can get into, you know? And he said, um, 
No, not really, because you'd be matched up with guys that have been fighting for 40 years, you know? You'd be matched up with guys that have had dozens or hundreds of fights. Mm. Now, obviously, he ended up being wrong. He mm. didn't realize that there's a master's organization. Um, so uh, after going through a couple other gyms, um, I've now been boxing for 13 years, and um, I'm with an absolute fantastic trainer, Sonny Gutierrez, and I've appreciated and um, thank all the trainers I've had in the past, um, but I do believe that um, where I'm at right now is uh, like the ultimate gym for me and what I'm doing. Mm. Um, when I started with Sonny Gutierrez, um, he had never had a master boxer, and so um, the first time we went to a master boxing competition was the first time that he was ever at a master boxing competition. And uh, uh, so he fell in love really with it too, um, because, you know, he's used to training the kids and um, he's also an ex pro and has his own gym and other businesses. Um, so uh, God, is that, is that rambling enough for background Philip? No, man, no, you're going to edit the hell out of this. I, I'm absolutely not, man, because this is, this is the stuff that's, I, it's worth getting into, you know, it's, it's the thing where, I mean, just it's easy to put the highlight reel up and we see this on social media a lot. Right. Mm -hmm. But just like the, the steps in between the highlights are the things that I think that's where, at least for my, in my case, and I, I'm hope I, I, I feel that's the same for others as well, where they get a bit of the gold, you know, and where it's like, you know, you can talk about, Oh, I started, you know, I, 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 uh, I started because of this, I got into the ring for the first time. Now I got my belts. You know, those are, the, those are kind of the highlights. Right. I mean, those, those, there are some, there's a lot of challenging stuff in between there where people could really identify with that, you know, and that's, that's why I don't edit. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. But ultimately, I mean, well, I should have done less rambling. No, I'll no, no. Less no, rambling no. going forward. It gives me a lot of places that I would love to go. All right. But let me, let me, let me bring it back a little bit though, because you talked about you were, you were introduced to boxing initially as a teenager. Yes. Right. And you weren't doing any sports or anything like that prior to it at all. I played a little soccer, but as a kid, you know, like not as a, not like, you know, as, as a kid, like, uh, like preteen, you know, yeah. like a, uh, like AYO kind of stuff or whatever. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. That type of thing. But, but like, I didn't so, play any sports in junior high. I didn't play any sports in high school. Yeah. yeah. But so take me back a little bit to, to when, it caught your eye. I think when it caught my eye was, um, you know, it would predominantly be Tyson and his initial rise, mm. you know? And um, so he would be, you know, prior to him becoming a champion, you know, when there was so much hype and so much uh, excitement and, you know, um, so I would say that's, 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 that's when. So the promoters did their job in terms of at least getting your attention. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, you know, I always love the promoters, too. I, I actually love the promoters. I love the cut men. Mm. I love the trainers. Mm. I love the managers. Um, you know, I love the whole aspect of boxing, and I love um, and appreciate each one of those positions because they're all so important, mm. you know. In fact, in a lot of ways, I actually – I actually, in, in a lot of ways, um, you know, appreciate the promoters more than even 
a lot of the fighters because those promoters have been there for years, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so not that they're all good guys. I'm not saying that. <laughs> There's a lot of really obviously shady people. But, um, but uh, yeah, I respect and appreciate, it, including, you know, on the official side too, you know. I, I really appreciate all of them and enjoy talking to them. Mm. Yeah. But at the time, I mean, you were caught up in, and I'm sure it's, it's uh, you know, same, same, same wave as everybody else, right? There was, there's a spectacle, you know, particularly around Tyson because of his style and because of like, you know, under a minute knockout and, and, and all of that kind of stuff. So, but there's a point, but not everybody, uh, catch, no, not everybody uh, sticks around after, you know, kind of the, the spectacle. Yeah. So I moved at about 20 years of age to Nevada. Mm-hmm. I moved down there to, to, to Nevada and I was doing some work um, for Harris casino. I was doing some um, entertainment. And so they would give me their fight. They would give me fight tickets. So um, then I got to actually go to the fights. And uh, once, once I went to the fights, then I was really hooked. Because when you're in there, you know, it's fun, obviously, to watch them on TV. But when you're in there and you're close and you can hear the sounds and, you know, you can see the sweat and the blood flying, like it's uh, even to this day, Mm. to this day, Saturday, I'll be going to the next live fight. When I walk in to that arena, Mm. I swear to you, I swear to you, it's like my testosterone goes through the roof. And I and I am so giddy. I'm so excited. It's like I'm a 13 year old boy, like um, you know, going on my first date. I mean, it's like it's crazy. It's crazy. You know, I just love it so much that um, you know it's so thrilling. So you know, then when I got to go to those live fights in Reno, um, uh, you know, like my one of my favorite fights of all time was down there, and that was. Um, uh, 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 Mark Breland versus Aaron uh, Superman um, Davis. I mean, that fight, oh, so good. It was so fun. But anyhow, so then I start to be able to afford to go to the fights. And, and I also got a bunch of free tickets through Harrah's whenever they had the fights at theirs. Um, so then, of course, I started to be able to go. And during that time was the Greg Hagen days and the uh, Mancini days mm. and the Tommy Morrison days. And um, uh, gosh, uh, um, uh, who's the Indian fighter? Uh, Joe Hip. Um, you know, so I was able to see all those guys. And uh, the other thing, too, that's real different from other sports, I guess, is that you're able to actually interact with these guys. You know, you're able to, you're able to talk to them, you know, obviously not on fight night necessarily, but prior at the weigh in or, you know, they're at the same gyms that everybody goes to. And they're all for the most part, really, um, really friendly and appreciative and approachable. And, you know, they love to talk. And um, so, so that was really thrilling too you know, to be able to see all those fights. And, you know, there was a ref named Mills Lane that um, ref in Nevada who was very well known. And, um, you know, his catch line was, let's get it on. And he was a judge in Reno. And um, I, I, I used to see him a couple times uh, a year, 
outside of fights, just in restaurants or walking down the street or whatever, because Reno, relatively, you know, at that time, it was probably about 200,000 people. So it's a very small town. And uh, Mills Lane was always cool as hell. You know, even when you saw him out at a restaurant or wherever, he was just super nice. You know, he just couldn't be nice. You know, hey, boys, how are you doing? You know, (laughs) so it was just all this. Oh, it's just a a terrific community. Again, that's not to not to say that it's not filled with shady characters and really terrible people. It is. Um, uh, But uh, but they all add, I think, to the to the overall environment and the fun of the fights. Um, I also saw the first fight um, in Reno. I saw the first fight the Riddick Bow ever had. Mm. And um, he went on to become my favorite fighter. Mm. And um, to me, I know that, uh, you know, he did not have a long career. It was very brief, you know. Um, But to me, there was no one in my lifetime Mm that was as much fun to watch, um, that was ex- as exciting of a, of, a, of a boxer that had those sorts of scales. Um, I really loved him. And of course, um, I was then able to talk my wife into actually naming our son Riddick. So <laughs> our son is Riddick Ronnie, named after Riddick Bo. Mm. So. <laughs> so if there was any uh, uh, doubt in terms of how much of an enthusiast, not only for boxing, but also for, for uh, Riddick Bojor, and then there it is right there. <laughs> yeah, now here's something weird. I, I don't know. This is So uh, we're at um, Las Vegas. I think the gym is called um, Boxing City. We're in Las Vegas um, maybe a month ago. And um, I'm currently living in Phoenix, Arizona. And um, so we took, I went with Sonny, my trainer. We took some pros up there to spar. And I noticed that the owner's son was named um, Bo. It was spelled B-O-W-E. Mm-hmm. And I was like, How, how'd you come up with that name? And um, the, the owner of the gym, who's also an ex-pro boxer, said, uh, I named him after Riddick Bo. And I was like, get the hell out of here. <laughs> so, 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 I'm not the only one. <laughs> exactly. So uh, I have the Riddick. He has the Bo. So at some point in time, we'll take Riddick up there. We'll all meet. But uh, that's anyhow. That's yeah. Great. So there's, there's other people that are as nuts as I am. Uh, <laughs> well, let's talk about that. Because, I mean, like um, – Introduced to it, obviously, just, you know, on, on television, but then you were in a unique situation where now you're able to immerse yourself in, in terms of a, being a, a spectator through all of this because of you were working in, in Reno and now you had access to uh, to these fights and, and to these people just in, in terms of just because of sheer proximity, quite frankly, um, and and the circumstances of, 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 of being there. Um, was it... Just as a spectator outside that you you wanted uh, to be, was there anything inside of you at that point of your life where you said, I want to try my hand? Absolutely not. Mm. Couldn't even imagine it. Mm. Could not even imagine it. I just loved it um, from being a spectator. Mm. Yeah, I literally never even thought of boxing until... Um, you know, I was an idiot. I mean, obviously, I could have made lifestyle changes, and I probably wouldn't have gotten type 2 diabetes at that young of age. I probably would have gotten it anyhow because it's on both sides of my family. But I was also, you know, the behaviors that I was that I was 
adapting, um, you know, I could have changed those. Mm. And, uh, so, but no, never thought about getting in the ring. Mm. So it's now fast forward to the point where you get the diagnosis yes. and, and, you know, it's different when you, uh, you hear it on commercials or people that, uh, you know, they tell you their story and stuff, but when it's your story, when you're hearing the words from this guy in a, or woman in a, in a, in a white coat says, you, you need to do this. You need to change something about your life. <laughs> Cause yeah. what, what was that like for you? It was weird. It was really strange because I'm used to, um, in, in other areas of my life, uh, where I have focused, uh, like business, I'm used to, um, basically being, um, very successful and overcoming any challenges. So when I was getting the warnings about uh, diabetes, I was in my head, I was like, ah, you know, well, that's not going to happen to me, you know? Um, so, uh, you know, I mean, it didn't, it was just surprising really, you know, cause I'm not used to, I'm used to succeeding in stuff. I'm not mm. used to having something, uh, you know, idiotic, like type two diabetes. I mean, that I shouldn't have ever, that shouldn't have happened. Hmm. Was that something though, that like here, um, it was kind of like a, kind of a gradual, like a, a, a kind of a theme that you're hearing leading up to the point where, okay, now you've got it. Or was it just like, okay, there was, you, you felt like there was something that was off and, or whatever it was, it came as like, oh my gosh, this out of, out of the blue. No, no, I was getting warnings. I just disregarded them. Mm. <laughs> I just disregarded them. Mm. You know, I just thought, you know, because a lot of people give you a lot of warnings about a lot of stuff. Mm. You know, you just kind of think, ah, that's what they're supposed to say, you know? Right. It's, it's you know, if it happens, it'll happen when I'm 70, maybe, you know, but no. <laughs> they were serious and I didn't listen. Oh, you're not kidding? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. So how long did it take you then to like, kind of, uh, I mean, did you start looking for gyms that very day or was it, was there a bit of like still kind of disbelief? still kind of, you know, uh, there was disbelief, you know, I was like, talk to my wife and I'm like, well, shit, I'm not going to get on a treadmill, which ironically I do now. Well, I haven't <laughs> since I, since I recovered from my foot, yeah. but I, but, but I, you know, I, I would run on the treadmill, um, because again, I had that specific goal. Like I really need to have goals for things, you know, and that's, and that's really the benefit of all these tournaments for me. The tournaments are like something to work towards, right? Like something to, okay, I'm working towards this and I'm going to go measure my, my skills against someone else um, and see if I've done the work that I was supposed to do. Mm. Um, so I would say it took about a week. Mm. And then my wife was, you know, she's like, yeah, you should try it. You love it. You watch it all the damn time, you know, <laughs> and, and uh, you know, um, so at that point in time, um, you know, I was 325 pounds and um, uh, I'm six, four and a half. Some people say six, five. Some people say six, four. Um, uh, so, um, you know, fast forward all, all these years and stuff. And, um, you know, uh, I, re I just recently came off a of foot surgery and the foot, it was, a, that's a whole long story that you probably don't want to hear, but, um, so I have gained back some weight, but I'm probably sitting at about 260 now. And, um, 
And my, as far as my diabetes numbers, um, I'm not even like the, the numbers are non-diabetic. So I'm taking medicine, but they've cut them down. And, uh, you know, when you talk about the blood sugar numbers and whatnot, I'm not even close to a diabetic number. So, um, so that's good. You know, (laughs) that's good. So it's like they say, you can never get rid of diabetes. You're going to have it all your life. But, um, well, some people say you can get rid of it, but anyhow, uh, regardless of whatever people believe, my blood sugar numbers are not diabetic. They're below diabetic levels. So way below. So, um, you know, with the weight loss and the exercise and which is all boxing, you know, it's been good. It's been terrific. But you knew like that was something that, I mean, particularly, you know, with your, with your experience in, in, in business as well, where you're like, okay, you set your goal, whatever, let's work towards this goal. That was something that was important for you to, to have identified once you, once you realize, okay, well, let, let's, let me, if I'm going to be, if I have to do something long-term, I want it to be something that I enjoy. <laughs> I want it to be something I enjoy. And more importantly, I love to learn. Mm. Like, so that's why I can't just get on, uh, you know, I can't just go jog, you know, mm. I love to learn. And with boxing, I'm learning every single day. I mean, as you know, I was, I was a few minutes late to this cause I just came from the gym, but you know, so I was at the gym and every single day, every single time I'm there, I'm learning. Like there's not, you can never, there's so much it to boxing. I mean, it looks like people. You're in this 13 years though. Yeah. And I still don't know anything. You know? <laughs> it's like, you know, um, it's, it's, so, you know, it's, um, it's, it's a continual learning process, mm. you know? So you gotta be okay with that. I guess that's, that's the thing. Cause like some people will hear that like 13 years, he still feels like he's no good at it. Like he still has stuff to learn. And whereas like, so if they, you know, they might, take that as like, well, gosh, um, I'm not even going to try it. But then there are others that hear that and be like, wow, that's, that means that there's no ending to it. You know, even after 13 years or whatever, there's still, there's always room for growth. Right. Yeah. Well, that's the way I am just naturally. I mean, obviously I, um, I say, I don't know anything. But, um, you know, I've won multiple belts. Well, it speaks so to your humility, I've, man. So. I've won, <laughs> you know, I've won, uh, you know, national tournaments. I've won international tournaments. Um, and so, and, and next month I'm competing and I'll win that one. So, uh, you know, but having said that, um, you know, we'll come home and there'll be tons to work on because I screwed something up and, you know, because here's the thing with boxing. The coolest part is that, well, first off, a lot of people, a lot of my friends think it's all about violence, but mm. it's not about violence in any way. Mm. It's all about strategy because you have a person in front of you and you don't know what they're going to do. You don't know how they're going to act. You don't know how they're going to react. So it's like this, you know, it's just kind of like a, it's just like the ultimate game to me because it's so simple. Basically, it's one guy or girl against one guy or girl. There's nothing else. There's no team. There's no ball. There's no. There's nothing, right? It's just, hey, are my skills better than your skills? That's all there is, you know? So it's just very clean um, in my head, and I like things that are very simple. Um, and while it's simple, um, 
it's absolutely not easy and it's mm. very complex. Mm. Well, I mean, even from my background in terms of like martial arts, uh, one of the tendencies that, uh, that I see um, is people, you know, they, they, they set their goal, okay, I want to be a black belt. And I'll tell you, you know, seven out of 10 times, what, if that was their goal, they get the black belt, then they, we don't see them anymore. Yeah. Right. But um, it doesn't seem to be, but, but the people that, that continue on after that are the ones that are like you're saying that it's, it's, there's always something else that they can, that they're looking to improve. And yeah. Really yeah. I mean, I'm that way in, in all areas of my life. Mm. Um, you know, I mean, I want to improve my relationship with my wife. I want to improve it with my son. I mean, they're awesome. Don't get me wrong. They're awesome relationships, but I just always want to be improving things. So like, um, you know, every, every time I go in the gym, I'm working on stuff, whatever, like that windy, not windy city, uh, but, uh, Las Vegas city boxing gym, you know, um, uh, we were sparring against a guy named David Benavides. Now David Benavides is from Phoenix. So, um, you know, I've watched him kind of grow to where he is now, which is a, a champion. Um, but just watching him spar was like, mind-blowing you know so you know i could come away and i could you can you know there's so much to learn right mm. from from that you know when you and and the big takeaway for me with watching him spar was um how absolutely like i think i'm relaxed but that guy was absolutely relaxed but he was throwing such a variety of punches from so many different angles it was crazy you know it's like here i am just happy if i can throw a couple different punches during them, you know, and this guy had them coming. So anyhow, all that to say that, um, yeah, I mean, uh, you could just say, Hey, I'm going to work for six months and jump in the ring and, and you might do very well and you might win and you could, you could never compete again. But, um, you know, if you want to, you know, you can learn every single day for, certainly the rest of your life. And the coolest thing about it is there's these people in boxing that are there to help you. Mm. Like they will help you. Like they will just do it because someone else did it for them, you know? Um, and so it's all about finding the right gym and finding the right people and, and, and finding people that will support you. Um, which I think is, is, is growing in the world of master boxing. Mm. Um, I want to go ask about this for a bit, but uh, you talk about your, your mindset for like constantly improving. And, you know, these days they call it kind of having a, that growth mindset, right? Was that something that just came naturally to you? Like you, you felt like, you know, you always had that or is that something you had to develop? It came natural. I think when, you know, when I was a kid, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't, um, you know, I wasn't playing baseball. I wasn't doing that crap. I was reading the Think and Grow Rich books and reading uh, all the mindset books and the meditation books and all that stuff. So, now, was that uh, was uh, how did you find your way to those? Was that something that came from your parents, or you just found it? Somehow? No, it did not come from my parents. I, I just had a natural interest in um, really wanting to improve myself, wanting to improve my life. 
Um, I mean, my parents are great people. They did a wonderful job raising us. Um, but, but, you know, my life today is completely different than it was when I grew up, mm. you know, um, from the standpoint of, uh, uh, financial and, and, and things like that, mm-hmm. not to put them down in any way. They did, they did a wonderful job. It's just, um, you know, I grew up in, in, uh, you know, a place that obviously it was nice to me, but when I go back, I'm just like, holy mackerel, you know? So to be able to do the things I can do now, um, is awesome. You know, it's absolutely awesome. You're, you were actively seeking that on your own. None of that was pushed on you. It's kind of no. like you just kind of had a, a natural inclination or, or uh, uh, you're gravitating to that already. Absolutely. Yeah. I was like, give me the heck out of here and, uh, you know, show me the, let me, let me, you know, grab what I can grab and do what I can do and bust my ass and, make something happen. Yeah. Definitely curiosity there. Uh, you know, healthy dose of a bit of uh, curiosity, I think in, in all of that probably helped you a bit. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Even like in terms of, uh, you know, co- continuing with, and we've talked about uh, boxing where there's always somebody else, right. That you can get in the ring with. <laughs> you know? There's always tons of people you can learn from, yeah. you know, um, uh, I mean, today, like for instance, today, um, you know, there was a guy that's brand new and he's very nervous. Um, he's 34 years old, so he's not a master boxer. Um, you know, very, very nervous. And a lot of people are. And in fact, he didn't even want to even like, so, you know, we just went um, maybe three rounds or, or something where, you know, we just moved like we threw punches, but we didn't hit each other. We didn't even have on protective gear. And so, um, so, you know, I, I was there to help him. Um, you know, Sonny was there to help me. Mm. Um, you know, there's other people there, a guy named Zach, who's a fantastic boxer who, who, who helps me a lot and who will spar with me and, um, beat me up. No, he won't beat me up, but he's very good boxer. I mean, he's really terrific. He's, he's in his twenties. So he's a lot, he's a lot faster than me. Definitely. It gives you challenges. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, there's no shortage of people that are there to, um, kind of pay back. Right. Mm. Cause it's a weird, it's an interesting sport to me because, you know, it's not like, um, you know, most of the, most of the people in boxing come from poverty. Mm. Um, and, um, and so those trainers, you know, are certainly willing to, to give back to everybody because someone helped them. Yeah. Mm. I want to take it back for, for you. Like, uh, you know, you made a decision. Okay. I'm going to go with boxing to, to help out with, uh, with, uh, with my diabetes. What was that like for you to actually, step into a gym not as a spectator but as an actual participant it was crazy when i first started um i i was doing half hour and i couldn't i mean i was in such terrible shape it's like 
you know, I, I, I couldn't do anything. You know, I just, I was just, so it was terrible, not in the sense that it didn't help me, but it was, it was, it was such an eye opener and such a, so hard, you know, it was absolutely so hard. Mm. I could not believe it, you know, because it mainly because of your, uh, your fitness level at the time. Yes. Because of my fitness level. Mm. Yeah. But in terms of even just like going in, was it, was it intimidating for you at all to kind of go somewhere and ask for this type of help? You know, I went to basically a white collar, what you, what they say is a white, more of a white collar gym. Um, so it wasn't, um, but had I gone into, um, you know, a different type of gym, yeah, it would have scared the hell out of me. <laughs> Because, you know, you don't know what you're going to get. I mean, there is a lot of, you you know, there's a lot of different gyms. There's a lot of different people. Boxing attracts a lot of weirdos, which is one of the cool things about it. You know, you meet a lot of weird, freaky people. But you also meet a lot of tremendously nice people. Mm. And so um, choosing the right gym is is, is important, you know. Mm. Well, and, in that, I'm sorry, go ahead. And, you know, a lot of gyms don't know what to do with you. Mm. Like, you're like their grandpa's age. Mm. And so, you know, let's just say, for instance, um, I remember one, one, I went to one gym and um, the guy's like, okay, we'll start off, you know, do five minutes of jump rope. And I'm just looking at him and I'm like, uh, and in my head, I'm like, okay, you don't know, like, I'm brand new. Like, you don't know, like, you don't, you know, I mean, at that point in time, you know, I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to be able to, I'm going to be able to physically jump the rope for five minutes. I can do that, but I'm going to be dead. I'm going to be like, I'm not going to be. So, you know, I did that. And then he had me do some, um, what else did he have me do? had me do some movements under a rope, you know, and the rope was at the mm. size of like, <laughs> you know, my belly button. I'm like, it what the pretty- hell? Like, this is for like eight year olds. This yeah. is not, you know, well, so, to, you to know, you I didn't go early, back like, to in terms him. Of, like them not knowing what to do with you. you. When you say you, was it that it was you at that age of, 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 of a fighter? Or yes, a, me oh. at this age of a fighter. Okay. Yes, and me at that fitness level. You know, mm-hmm. they just, because some people will just, you know, they're used to dealing with kids. I mean, that's the predominant, obviously, that's that's the predominant number of people in a boxing gym. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't want to make any mistakes. I could jump rope now, like, you know, for six hours if anybody wants to check. But at that point in time, you know, him looking at me, he should have gone, oh, shit, you know, I should ask this guy to jump rope for maybe 90 seconds and we'll yeah. do three sets. That would have yeah. been the smart thing, you know, but he just didn't know. So, um, but it's just, you know, that, that just speaks to his, in this, his experience level with working with an, an older fighter in your, in your position. Yeah, he had none. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, like that, I mean, speaking to like what you're, you've been saying a few times here is like finding, finding a gym that is, is right for you. Yeah. Yeah. So like you, you made your uh, uh, way to, to, to different gyms. Um, 
was it were you doing those concurrently that you you know or was it that okay you 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 trained enough with with one say like you started off with that white collar gym and you just said this isn't for me let me quit let me find something else or were you just kind of like jumping around from gym to gym for a bit i was no i really wasn't jumping around um what i was doing i was at that first gym for probably two years hmm. then i went to the next gym with um uh, with a guy named uh, Pete Chavez, who was fantastic. And were you doing group classes through all this? Or was it always one-on-one or? Mostly one-on-one. Okay, okay. And, um, I mean, I go, you know, uh, to some group classes, but mostly one-on-one. Um, so, and and I realize some people can't do that. And and um, so the group, you know, even as the group classes, you'll you'll meet people and they'll be able to help you and, so after after uh, that, I went to Pete Chavez. I was probably there for two, 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 three years. Then I went to um, Robert uh, uh, Biggs, and I was there the same about two, three years. And then I went to uh, then I've been with Sonny since for about three years. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. And what what made it such that you decided to? Because I think that's one of the things. Like if, you know, people find them uh, their way to to this interview is like. I mean, we can say, uh, find the right gym, find the right people, mm-hmm. talk about weirdos being out there, that type of thing as well. Of course, granted that everyone's got their own personalities that they're bringing to find what's right. But what what made something right for you? What made it right for me is that the emphasis was on improving my health. Mm-hmm. And the people um, had my best interest and had the, had the ability to... Um, teach me and help me improve. So, um, each of those, each of those guys I just mentioned, you know, they did that for me. And, um, uh, you know, so, I mean, they could call me today and I'd do whatever they wanted me to, um, to help them. Um, and, uh, you know, so I think if you're looking for a gym, the first thing I would do is ask other master fighters. Mm. Um, if there's nobody that you know or that's in your area, then I'd just go visit the gym. You know, I'd go visit the gym. I'd meet the people. If you walk in and you're in terrible shape and very overweight, they say, okay, jump right rope for five minutes. Okay, that's the wrong gym. That's a good that, indicator. That's, that's a, <laughs> you know, if they're having you do some, you know, some movement and the rope is at your belly, that's the wrong gym. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Um, if, um, if you walk in and, uh, let's say you're in the gym and you're moving, this is why I've been brought up. So it's not the right way, but it's, it's, it's probably not, you know, there's probably no right way, but I will tell you this, the way that I've been brought up, the way that we spar is always light. It's always light. So like that story I told you about that, that, that kid today. You know, where I didn't even, we threw punches. I'm just trying to get him comfortable. You know, I'm just trying to get him comfortable so that when he, we get in the ring and he gets the headgear on and he, you know, he he's less um, uncomfortable than he would be if we just jumped in there. But even when we're in the ring and if you're finding a gym, if you get in the ring and someone knocks the hell out of you, you know, I might give him one warning. Just say, hey, no, to the town, man. Or I might not even give them that. I might just say, you know what? No more. That's it. You know, Um, 
because sparring is not about trying to take the other guy's head out off. You know, you're not trying to knock out your sparring partner. You're trying to work on stuff, you know? And so if someone's trying to hurt you, um, that's, that's not sparring that's going to be valuable for you. Mm. I don't, it, that's my opinion. That's the way I've been brought up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just like you said, you were sparring somebody, they didn't even throw punches. They just worked on their defense. So here you are in there getting work in. Here they are in there getting work in. Everybody's happy. Everyone leaves the ring having improved themselves, right? And that's, that's really the way sparring should be, in, in my opinion, and the way I've been taught. So, um, yeah. Jeff, um, I want to be uh, respectful of your time. Um, we're at the top of the hour now. Do you have like another uh, 15 minutes or so where mm-hmm. you, have, you have to jump off? No, I got another 20 minutes, actually. <laughs> okay, okay, cool. Well, um, I want to uh, take me back to when you first jumped in to actually spar with, with somebody. Um, what was that like for you? Because I think, you know, that could be kind of a, a jarring thing, particularly if you don't, have people like you're talking about to work with that, that they emphasize the lightness emphasize kind of, um, you know, the, the partnership aspect of it, right. You're both trying to learn. Um, it's kind of a two way street. I don't know if that was the case for you, but I'd like to kind of jump back to like your first time in the ring with somebody. Um, when I first started sparring, it was, um, you know, every gym kind of has different rules for sparring. Um, and so uh, the very first time, they wouldn't even allow us to, to hit the head, mm. you know? Um, uh, so that's the very first time. Um, what was that like for you, not being able to, to do that? What were you thinking when they did, said you can't hit the head? Um, I thought, um, well, that's dumb. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's stupid. <laughs> but... Uh, but uh so that was the very first gym i was at okay you know that was probably perfect for me at that time okay you know fair enough um and then um at the second gym i was training at you know i uh i would spar a little bit um and uh at my most recent gym where we do uh typically a lot of sparring um you know, the first guy I sparred over there was a guy named uh, Courtney Barnett and he's, he's a pro boxer and um, he was a champ um, maybe in the nineties. Terrific guy. Um, And so he didn't throw it to my head. Um, And, and he, he, he was really good for me. I mean, he was terrific. I mean, uh, you know, he threw punches to my chest, which hurt for about two months, but, you know, he, he wasn't trying to hurt me. You know, there's a difference between trying to hurt somebody mm. and giving them temporary pain. Right. Mm. Um, and so that was, um, that was really fun. Um, and, um, so, uh, I get, I, I get a thrill out of getting in the ring with people, um, that I've been fans of, um, mm. and, and, and also working with trainers, not in the real true training sense, but more in like for a day or two, like, um, you know, um, so, uh, so it's fun to get in the ring and move around with people. And is there any, I mean, like, even like, I don't know if there's a difference between the time you started 
to even now, but was there like a nervousness and apprehension in there initially? And then absolutely, did it ever go away or what's that process like for you? Sure. Yeah. There's, there's apprehension, there's nervousness, uh, just plain scared as hell, you know? Mm. Um, when I first started, um, I don't get that now except at tournaments. Mm. Uh, but I'm like at our gym now, I'm like the guy that goes in with the first timers. Mm. And because the first timers usually come in and they have all those emotions mm. and they're throwing hard as hell because they don't know because they're worried you're going to hurt them. Right. Yeah. So now I'm like the old guy that kind of goes in there because I can I can be very controlled. I'm not going to. You know, I'll just, um, I'll just absorb the punishment and let them work through their, their emotions. And for some people, it's, you know, for some people, it, you know, it can take, so some people never get over those, you know, mm-hmm. they're that way every time they get in the ring. But, uh, but usually, you know, after they get in the ring three or four times, they calm down significantly and they realize, okay, you know, you're not going to hurt me. And when they calm down, that's when they'll start to learn because now they're not just throwing for the fences, you know, mm. now's when they can start to use more technique. They can use, move better. They can, uh, you know, maintain distance and they can, that's when they start to learn boxing. So I guess I do still get a little bit of that um, adrenaline still when I go in there with new guys because you just don't know what you're going to get, but I don't really get it until I get to the tournaments and mm. then the tournaments are super thrilling. But when you started like initially, it was the, the, the biggest, uh, the biggest thing was not like uh, the, the fear of getting hurt. Is it was, is that, is, was, would you, is that accurate or I mean, yeah, I'd say the fear of getting hurt mm. and the fear of, um, you know, of the unknown, like what's mm. this person going to do to me? Like you get into a ring and you know, okay, if this guy wants to, he could break my nose and I couldn't do nothing about it. Okay. You know, if this guy wants to, he could, you know, he could break my ribs and I couldn't do anything about it. Mm. You know, if he wants to, he can knock me out, you know? And so you have to, um, you have to work through those emotions and get to where you're like, okay, I guess he's not going to do that, you know? Mm. Um, like you kind and, of, you know, like, oh, now it's, it's kind of like s- resetting the expectations now. Yeah, it's like, okay, he's not, I know he could do that. Everybody knows he's way better. That's not, that's a given. So, but now, okay, I feel comfortable. He's not going to do that. He's going to let me work. He's going to, he's going to be working. Um, so. What about the process of, of you actually doing it on somebody else though? I mean, I think that's uh, for me, like, you know, even in my uh, martial arts world, one of the biggest challenges I, 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 I see for with beginners is definitely what you're saying in terms of like, you know, them taking punishment, getting hit, being afraid of, of getting hurt. But another one is fa- fairly big is hitting somebody else. Did you have any apprehensions about that at all? I didn't. And, you know, it's... Well, I can tell you a story of one time I did, but um, in general, I didn't. And what's interesting is I have a friend um, who also boxes, but he's, uh, you know, he's a Marine. He um, works overseas in security, uh, you know, in, um, uh, you know, in as a private contractor. I mean, he's a badass. Okay. And ironically enough, he said, most people find it harder to hit a man 
or, or woman hit a woman than they do to shoot someone. Cause you can shoot somebody from a thousand yards, mm. but you know, when you're hitting someone, you're looking them straight in the eye, mm. you know, like you're right there. Mm. Um, I, I, I don't have any hesitation about that because I'm not trying to really hurt them. Although even in the tournament, even at, even at the beginning, like that you didn't, you didn't really have that, that fear of that at all. No, because, um, because to me, again, it's it's just all strategy and it's all mm. technique is the way it is in my head. Right. I mean, I know I am trying to hit him to hurt him. Yeah. That's absolutely true. But in my head, I just, I don't think of it that way, really. You know, I just think in terms of, uh, you know, okay, so what can I do to, to, to score points here? Good point. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about uh, a bit of, of what you're doing now. I mean, you've got such a passion for, um, for, for boxing, not only for yourself, but also kind of uh, spreading it uh, a bit. Um, and, and you talk about the masters uh, league in, uh, in particular. Um, talk to me about that in terms of like how you were introduced to it, how you got more involved in kind of um, spreading, spreading the word and, and trying to, to get more involvement around that. Sure. So, um, so, uh, you know, I, I, that love of boxing just kind of, you know, it rolled over into master's boxing when I found out, Hey, they have competitions of old guys, you and know, this is like 35 years old and, uh, and older oh, 35 and over. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And so, um, so, uh, me and my trainer, we went to our first competition and, um, and that's one time I was hesitant to hit someone because they were they were a lot shorter than me, and they would come in with their head down, and um, and so I didn't want to hit them because they had their, their their the back of their head, mm. and um, so uh, I lost that fight. But what I learned is no, you knock the hell out of them in the back of the head, then you take the warning from the ref, and then the ref will start to warn them not to put their head down. And, and ironically enough, in the day two of that tournament, um, the guy came in, did the same thing with his head down. Um, and the guy whacked the hell out of him and actually knocked him out right there. So it was a good lesson for me to learn. So, um, so yeah, so we went to these tournaments and me and Sonny, you know, we're like, shit, you know, these are fun tournaments. So I'm not putting any of them down, but we could do a better one. Mm. So we started, um, Sonny's International Master Boxing Tournament. In addition to that, I've sported a couple different um, boxing clubs um, by giving them equipment, um, donations. Um, I've also been a cut man in pro fights. Um, and um, years ago, I'm talking like over a decade ago, you know, the trainer at the time was like, you know, you should be a promoter because you love it so much. And you'd, and, um, but, but ultimately I decided I didn't want to be a promoter because I do love it too much. I didn't want to get into the business end because the business end of boxing is so, you know, I didn't want to, I didn't want to spoil my love of the sport. Mm. So, you know, I get a lot of, uh, you know, I get a thrill out of, of being, completely immersed in it. Um, I'm also um, uh, an official with the USA boxing in the state of Arizona. Um, so that's cool. You know, um, last uh, Saturday I was, 
you know, doing pretty typical thing, which is, you know, we had 20 or 22 bouts and, um, you know, I get to see a lot of, a lot of up and coming kids, you know, and, um, get to have fun there. So yeah, I'm involved with USA boxing involved with the masters. We have our own tournament, um, and uh, also try and donate as much as I can to the kids, you know, and boxing programs. You mentioned the Toto Santos Boxing Club. This is, um, I was on vacation and I looked out my window and there was these kids out there training and they were training in this open area and um, they were bringing out equipment, old crappy equipment that they would hang out there in this open area and um you know so um i wandered over there and was was talking to them and and met them and um they are lucky enough to have a trainer um uh ramiro from la paz uh mexico who drives to Toto Santos a couple times a week, teaches these kids. Um, he was a Pan Am World Game champion and uh, I think an Olympian competitor as well as a pro. So, um, you know, I uh, would like to get definitely get down there again, probably in January, and take them a bunch of equipment because they don't have much down there. I mean, they don't, you know. And this is Mexico? Yeah, this is Mexico. Okay. And so now, you know, it's really mind-blowing to you know to see them on facebook and stuff because i'll see them and they'll be posting pictures of their workouts right and i'll and i'll be like yeah i gave them all those boxing gloves and i gave them that i gave them that you know um so it's nice to be able to do that i I definitely um need to do that a lot more i'd love to support i I have it um, written down i'm i'm not moving as much as i should be on that but yeah my goal would be to support 30 clubs across the country and and in other areas you know because it just gives again most people come from poverty right and so they don't have much most of them don't have um two-parent homes most of them come from you know there's a lot of drugs there's a lot of violence there's a lot of gangs they don't have any role models they don't have any discipline in their life i was at uh, Pete Chavez's gym once and this kid came in and he was cleaning up for Pete. And, um, when he left, I said, yeah, that kid's nice. He, he was like 14. He goes, that, that kid seems nice. Seems very cool. He goes, yeah, yeah. He's got to, he's got to go off to prison in a, in a couple weeks. And I was like, really? What for? And he said, murder. I was like, shit. He was, he, there was three guys. He didn't pull the trigger. But, but one of his buddies did, you know, so that guy's, and, and there's a lot of that, right? So if those trainers and if those boxing gyms can get those kids in, give them discipline, give them something to work towards, you know, and from the standpoint of um, lower income, you know, those kids are probably not going to be out on the golf course. They're not going to go play tennis. They're not going to go, you know, boxing. Okay. Boxing they can do because that's, that's kind of more a masculine, right? Mm. It's like, um, you know, it's not, they're not going to join the Cub Scouts, you know, they're not from that. They're not, you know, they're just from a different place. Mm. And so, um, I would love to support that many clubs 
and the people that, that are involved in that, like Romero, I just mentioned, I mean, you know, they're given all their time and a lot of money to keep those clubs going. So it's nice to be in a position financially where we can help them, mm. especially in a place like Mexico, because, you know, they really don't even get things shipped there because it'll get stolen. You know, it won't make it to them. You know, like I can't, like if I wanted to send them stuff today, I can't. I mean, I could technically, but they say, don't, we'll never get it. It'll get wow. stolen. You know, you really need to hand carry that stuff. Uh, wow. So, yeah. Jeff, this was awesome, man. Thanks so much. I mean, I, I, I could talk to you for hours and hours about this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, um, listen, um, I think, uh, I think the people that find their way to this, I think they're just going to get a lot from, from what you shared. Um, they probably want to, uh, they might want to connect with you as, as well, uh, whether it's to help with the, with your, your goal of uh, helping other clubs or just, you know, just, just in general, even, you know, in terms of masters, what's the best way that they can get in touch with you? Probably on Facebook or, or if they go to, um, uh, you know, stealthseminar.com, they could, they could reach me there. Uh, that's, that's my predominant business at this time. Awesome. We'll yeah. do that. Jeff, thanks again, man. It was awesome. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you so much, Philip. Folks, I hope you appreciated that interview with Jeff. Again, I'd only known him really in a business uh, kind of setting uh, prior to this, so I was really excited to jump on to have this conversation with him about a subject that uh, both uh, he and I are passionate about and hopefully gave you some insights as to you know, what you can use boxing for, if you, especially if you're interested in it and um, really need to, uh, you know, find a way to, you know, maybe if you want to get health under your control, this might be an option for you. And if that's the case, um, what are the things that um, you might have to consider as you make your way to finding a gym that is right for you? So that's it for today's episode. We'll talk to you next time. Again, this is Philip with the Everyday Fighter Podcast. Mm-hmm.